0: Hey, Pelicans fans. We're entering the final month of the regular season. We're gearing up for the playoffs. We're hoping to get that play-in spot. Some teams are locks for the top six. Some teams are knots. They're just lottery teams. Here in the middle, we're still fighting for our opportunity to chase that NBA trophy this summer. But DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, putting you right there to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. All you have to do to turn that $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any basketball team to win the next game. And if during that game the team you're choosing hits a three, you bring one $100 in free bets. That's right. That's $100, one to one odds. And it's the team you pick. If they hit a three, they don't even need to win. They hit it, you get the $100. This year's team's been hitting threes at an unprecedented pace. So get in on all the action with DraftKings Sportsbook before this offer ends. It might be the best offer I've ever seen. And you know DraftKings, they out there are the most popular, safe, secure, reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience, no questions asked. So, download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and choose promo code TBPN. When you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free bets, if the basketball team that you're choosing just hits a three, that's code TBPN to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. For a limited time, this is only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 years of age or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, that's 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So let's get with it. Hey, New Orleans Pelicans fans, welcome back after that win, 135-100 to 100 over the Orlando Magic. You know, I'm not really that surprised or impressed. We should beat an Orlando team that's decimated by injuries by 7 to 10 points a quarter. But before we get to all that, what follows is one of my uh, recent appearances on Eric Asher's show, the great Eric Asher. You can find him at 106.1 FM, 4 to 6 every day, speaking the truth inside New Orleans sports with Eric Asher. Very plugged in. He's always got people on that's just bringing a whole bunch of knowledge about all the sports in the city. Saints, Pelicans, Nola Rugby, LSU, uh, Tulane, whoever you want. He's got somewhere in his podcast. If you don't check him out from 4 to 6, just search for Eric Asher inside New Orleans. All the podcast apps you can find the Protect the Nest podcast on, the Unfiltered Dunks, you can find Eric Asher. So that's what's about to follow. I hope you all enjoy this. And, I hope you enjoy your weekend, Pelicans fans. Hopefully, we get a win against the Spurs, but that'll be the next podcast.
1: Let's talk some Pelicans joining us on the program from Forbes. Our good friend Christopher Dotson joins us on the show. Chris, how are you today? Hey, man. I'm enjoying the weather, Eric. Thanks for having me on. Always good to have you, Chris. Chris, um, not not what a lot of people expected this season to uh, to turn out, uh, especially with, again, how talented this team is. Done with what? Fourteen games left. It's looking bleaker by the day that they're going to make the, the the playoffs. There are some out there that at this point have said, "Look, you know what? It's probably better for this team uh, to go ahead and get the lottery pick once again and uh, use that as either an asset or an, another player on this team." Uh, where do you stand on that? Should, should they still be making this push for the playoffs, or is at this point, you know what, uh, uh, you know, uh, tank and, and
2: try to get that get that top lottery pick? Well, it depends on how you look at it. The question started out with looking at the fans. You know this playoff push and, and everything they wanted, and, and now it's kind of viewed as a season of disappointment. But if you look at the front office, I think it's still it always started. It started in it as a season of evaluation, and they found out plenty about this team. They know Bi is going to keep uh, progressing. They know Zion's got more to his game to show. And and this team was never, even when in the wildest, most positive expectations of all the fans, was never going to win a championship this year. They could. With this roster, yeah, I expected them to flirt with a playoff spot, which meant the play-in scenario. They could still push for it. They can still play Golden State in all three games, sweep that and and sneak in. Uh, But if you look at it as just Stan Van Gundy has to now overtake two or possibly even three Hall of Fame coaches with titles, uh, this is a a season of evaluation for the coaching staff as well. So I think they need to play it out as they've been playing it out with a plan that was in place and not deviate from where they started the season and where we are now because with this pandemic sticking with that original plan is always going to be better to see out the end product than trying to switch up and see something in these last 15 games which they're not going to have any practice time again. They're not going to have much time to improve or get the roster to look better because so many people are out. So just stick with the plan as far as the front office. Don't worry about the outside noise and expectations and the new way the season is being viewed as a disappointment because it's It's really not.
1: With that said... You mentioned, again, being an evaluation year. Uh, evaluate what this team has done, especially, again, the young prospects, because that's what everybody's looking at right now on the future of this team. And let's start with Lonzo Ball. Uh, you've done extensive uh, study and, and articles on Lonzo Ball uh, throughout his career here in New Orleans. Uh, what do you think will happen with Lonzo Ball long-term? Is he a Pelican? Is he ultimately going to sign with another team and the Pelicans will be forced to match? Or is this going to be a situation where, again, he
2: could be part of a sign-and-trade, or the Pelicans may get nothing in return i don't think the pelicans will come out of this with nothing in return i think it's excuse me i think it's more likely that they keep lonzo than they get nothing at all uh if anybody wants to go listen to the most recent uh protecting us podcast that i do i actually had on the bar uh lonzo boss trainer trevelle Gaines, and he he talks about lonzo's off the court personality and a lot of the misconceptions around lonzo and Maybe not liking the city as much. Look, Lonzo doesn't drink and smoke and go out and party like most, so he's not looking for the same things in the city that maybe some people have projected on him. So he's he's gotten better every year. I think there's a certain price point where you have to look at sign-and-trade options. But until you reach that price point, it's probably better for this team to match Lonzo because then they can still use that contract as an asset going forward if Lonzo – maybe stalls out in his development, or they find a better option. There's another disgruntled star that wants to make a move and come join Zion in New Orleans. You have Lonzo Ball and his potential and his development still to come because he's only 22, 23 in that contract, and it'll be a movable contract. I think it would be better to match up to a certain point than let him go for nothing, and and that's the way David Griffin has operated for years over multiple organizations. So I expect the same to be the case with Lonzo. After that, with a sign-and-trade, uh, there's only a few options that have been mentioned in the media. I'm sure there's a few more because there's always a dark horse candidate. And, and like Milwaukee coming for Drew, we, I don't think Milwaukee was anybody's top three. The same could be the case for Lonzo Ball. Obviously, again, we've seen an incredible...
1: Uh, um, uh uh, scope in, in terms of uh, the game growing uh, for Zion Williamson. Everybody knew, again, he was going to be a terror inside to be able to handle. Not many people knew he could handle the ball and be a point forward, which is the direction looks like this team is going.
2: Uh, critique Zion's uh, year for us thus far. Well, the most uh, uh, if, if you start criticizing Lonzo, uh, Zion's game, you're nitpicking, but he needs to improve his handles. Once they started the point Zion experiment, it went great for a couple games, and there was some game planning, and teams started attacking him on the backside. Sure. You know, and his, and his, his turnovers started going up. It, we've seen it against the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie, even without his two superstar buddies to help him win the game. What elite handles look like. If you looked at Kyrie handling the ball that game versus Zion, the, I mean, even if someone watching basketball for the first time could have seen the difference. So that if they want to, as Stan Van Gundy said. In that role more often, and that's where he sees his game going, developing going forward. Zion's really going to have to work on, on his handles, but on the on the counter end, moving the ball, passing the ball, that's another spot where I would critique Zion a little bit more than usual. He sees a lot of great passes, but sometimes it's off of three, four, five dribbles, and that's not the league today. The league today is move the ball, pass the ball, find space, hit open shots. If we have Zion doing 27 different dribble combinations, before he finds a shooter that does nobody any good mm-hmm. i agree talking about josh
1: hart again heart and soul of this team a guy that i think that again they have to resign um uh, of course he's got the uh, the thumb injury uh at this point no reason to really rush him back considering again where the pelicans are right now but uh, do you think he is going to resign with this team and he'll be with this team on a long-term deal Again, that comes down to
2: contract numbers. I know Josh and his representatives will be looking for the 15 to $18 million range, which is where some people are saying they, they want Lonzo. So they want to keep Josh Hart like above the mid-level exception, 9 $10, 12000000 perhaps. But if, if look at the players that are sitting out right now. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is actually earning money, and Josh Hart is losing money because Najee Marshall has come in and done an excellent job. And might cost way less than Josh and fit this team better, both in his size, being able to play more of the three and four, where Josh is just a, he can play great defense, but he's still undersized. He's more of a two guard. And Nikhil, with him being out, we're seeing how much of a, a facilitator he was. And and replacing him is going to be a lot tougher as far as moving him as an asset if, if they really want to make a big splash in a trade. So I would say I want to re sign Josh Hart, too. I love him to death. But at a certain cost you've gotta just say thank you for your services. We, we 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 love seeing you get this money, but we just can't pay that here in the woods.
1: Let's talk about let's talk about Nikhil Alexander Walker, Kyra Lewis, Jackson Hayes, uh, their maturation process this season and and uh, the the upside
2: you see for those players going forward for this team. Well, uh, speaking with Nikhil, he played 10 games as a starter. I just did some of this math today. In those 10 games as a starter, he was averaging nineteen five and 3, 59% true shooting percentage, 45% from three and getting 2.7 steals a game, not per 36, but just per game. He was really growing into a role. And now that he's out, I think we've seen that, you know, Eric Bledsoe in the the last seven games has only got – gave us 10 points per game. So that's why I say Nikhil Alexander-Walker is really making himself some money on his next contract if he can continue what he was doing when he comes back. There should be no reason to rush him or Josh Hart back. But uh, going down the list, Jackson Hayes, love to see his development. He's taking shots from beyond the arc now. Lewis Jr., same thing. He, He is so fast up and down the floor that even if we slow the pace down a little bit to get a little bit better efficiency under Stan Van Gundy, we're still going to be able to throw him the ball, and he's going to be able to West, what I've called Westbrook himself, down the floor, just fly down the floor so much, and I love to see that that part of his game evolve. Christopher Dotson is with us from Forbes. When we come back after this break,
1: we're going to talk about the veterans on this team, uh, if those veterans will be sticking around for next season or could be a, a candidate uh, for either for a, a trade in the offseason. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. Don't forget about my friends at Burkhardt, air conditioning and heating, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. We've got Christopher Dotson with us for a few more minutes from, from Forbes. Chris, let's talk a little bit about the, um, uh, the, the roster, and let's talk about some of the veterans. And, look, the, the guy that everybody loves to hate, in this town right now is Eric Bledsoe. Uh, again, he has not performed the way everybody thought he would perform coming over in that in that true Holiday trade. What do you think
2: his his future is here in New Orleans? Uh, I'm not sure if he has that much of a future in New Orleans. I don't think the team can bench him and abandon him the way that some on social media and and, and that is called out. Uh, yeah, we were on a four game losing streak in the last seven games. He's only scored ten points per game. He's having a down year. But look at it from his perspective. He was on a contender for the finals, was traded away for Drew. He thought he was also an all defensive, defensive team caliber player and an all-star. Uh, you got to see that maybe he's got to accept the situation. He's still growing into it, seeing how the team was going to accept him. But again, this is an evaluation season. It's the same for, for Bledsoe. He hasn't shown well, but he has shown that it, he'll keep his head up. Yeah, he says he lost focus either on the quarter in the huddle. Uh, I don't think that speaks to Stan Van Gundy losing the team. I think that's just more bled. So, just, just not not having his heart into it because he wishes he was chasing a championship and not a play a playing spot right now. So, you know, as a professional athlete, you've been around them enough. If they're playing with 99% focus and not 100, we, we see that leads to losses and maybe a few less points per game, a few less rebounds. And once that adds up over a season, it really wears on you. And you've got to hope that he's he's got years left on his contract he can get with the coach and staff He can get with the front office and kind of get a refresh both for his career going forward and for this team going forward and if they can't marry those two together sure move him on but if they see a way to marry that together and and, and move forward I think you still have to give Bledsoe four lines of one of the two uh, a shot to come back next season and 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 show what they can do with this team yeah,
1: if he would have played better, like I said with JJ Redick, JJ Redick wanted to end up in, in Brooklyn. If JJ Redick plays like JJ Redick, he's in Brooklyn right now because it there would, there would have been a, he would have been traded Brooklyn. If, if Eric Bledsoe played like a guy that was second team All NBA last year and the player that we've seen throughout his NBA career, instead of what we saw here right now, it would be no issue in moving him at the trading deadline or again next year. Right now, it's an albatross around the neck of the Pelicans, and you know, again, look, you're a professional athlete. You're paid to be able to play each and every game. Uh, you know, just be. be because you, you got, because you were chasing a ring before and you're not now. Uh, that's immaterial to, to, to the fan base and should be immaterial to David Griffin. He's expected to play at a high level and he hasn't done it.
2: I agree with you to a certain extent, but I mean we're all signed up for a job. We all have off days, no matter what that job is, so though. no matter what we're paid. And I'll give Bledsoe credit where as J.J. Reddick, Reddick signed here because he didn't have other options on the market. He wanted to stay mm-hmm. in Philly, he said at the time, but Philly didn't have the money for him, And then he saw... New Orleans as this up-and-coming project that maybe he could really jump on something and then if it didn't work with a two-year deal, he could force his way to wherever he wanted to be, but he he played down and he didn't get the move he wanted, he didn't get the playoff outcome he wanted last season in the middle of a pandemic, but he actually went out, aired those, and he's been, to me that was a bit more unprofessional to go on his podcast and, and really take out some of the, say the things he did in the way he did. Yes. Instead of Bledsoe at least admitting that he wasn't focused and he owned up to his mistake. I think the way he approached that is way more professional than the way Reddick handled it. it. Both of them, you know, that's a, we took a loss in that game and it was Bledsoe's fault. Redick took a loss in his career. It was kind of his fault, too. Bledsoe, he stood up on it and was like, yeah, after the game, hey, I, my bad, mm-hmm. I, I lost focus. Reddick went out and kind of burned some bridges.
1: So yep, no doubt about it. Final question for you. A lot, of, lot of, uh, of of, chatter out there about Van Gundy losing this team throughout the season, and he's not the guy going forward. Uh, look, it doesn't look good on David Griffin uh, to be able to have to switch coaches out uh, again, uh, and he would be on his third coach during his tenure here. That would be three coaches for Zion as well. What do you anticipate happening? I believe he's coming back for another year at
2: least, uh, But, but what's the rumbling you're hearing? think they've got to at least give him 30 practices with this team yeah they've had some games but some of these back-to-backs they barely had time to even go over film from the previous night the previous game whether it be a win or a loss that to me cutting bait now or you know during the off-season, would be way too soon this isn't european soccer you don't cut coaches after 29 games or 19 games. It, you can't do that give them give them at least part of the next season and then if they're still running and it's not working out sure you're on a short leash and by that time David Griffith, I mean he'll his contract will be halfway done too. He will have to show he's willing to cut bait on a bad decision. The only part of that is if you made that bad decision once, what's to say about the second time you get to fill the coaching spot, third time you fill the coaching spot. Where are you at then?
1: Chris, tell us about what you got coming up for us on, on, on in, in Forbes and how
2: folks can follow you on social media. Social media is uh, doing it, Dodson over on Twitter, unfiltered dumps for the podcast. Follow the podcast, protect the nest on the, all the social uh, and podcast platforms that you can find your great show on, Eric. Uh, I had just did, again, the podcast with JaVel Gaines. He's Lonzo Ball's off-season trainer. Speaks a lot to how Lonzo Ball approaches the off-season, his, his growth, work ethic, and off-the-court uh, living. And past that, uh, that, that's about the only social media I do. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, Hope you get to enjoy some of the sunshine before the Pelicans go on against Orlando here in a minute. There you go. Looking forward to it as well. Thanks, my friend. Appreciate the time.
1: We'll talk again soon.